Hello and welcome to the TD Senex Microsoft, Microsoft Channel Discussions Podcast. I clearly need to put my teeth in today. Um, my name is Phil Clark. I'm an independent IT consultant working with TD Senex and Microsoft to help them understand what's going on in the world of uh, cloud and Microsoft and, and help their channel partners understand some of the nuances of what's happening in that industry. Um, I'm lucky enough today to be with Kelly Carlton from Microsoft. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Hi there, Phil. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, although clearly my lips are sticking together and I'm in a bit of a pickle. Um, so Kelly works for Microsoft, but rather than me doing it, Kelly, do you want to just introduce your role and, and whereabouts you sit in the Microsoft organisation? Yeah, certainly. So uh, hi there, folks. Yeah, Kelly Carlton. I head up the Microsoft Solution Assessment Service in Microsoft UK. So yeah, pleasure to be here today. Excellent. Thanks, Kelly. And I could imagine that. I mean, that's that's quite a big job role. I mean, what does that typically entail in terms of what your department does and how you engage with clients or partners? How does that work? Yeah, so we engage with customers of all shapes and sizes from small, medium businesses up to, you know, large enterprise accounts. And essentially, our purpose is to help organizations create the business case for digital transformation to the cloud. So really how I put that in a nutshell is we help organizations understand, you know, their as is, where they are today, the 2B, you know, the art of the possible, where they could be tomorrow, all of the various benefits across financial, economical, business and operational benefits. And then working with our great partners like TD Cynics, uh, the how to, you know, how they can get from A to B. And does that cover sort of technical and sort of operational and commercial? Because I mean, you know, I think the premise of, of our discussion is going to be primarily focused on commercial, but I'm guessing your team are pretty solid around sort of the technology advisory stuff and those sort of things. Yeah, exactly that. Because when we think about the business case, you know, for some organizations, their driver for the cloud isn't actually cost savings. It can be those operational benefits. So we then align closely with the Microsoft uh, solution specialists who then bring in those, those technical benefits and really help organizations understand how they can drive operational efficiencies uh, through the Azure cloud. Yeah, it's interesting, a very trendy market. Well, I can imagine you're very busy at the moment, Kelly. We're very busy, yes. In fact, we uh, we deliver, you know, in excess of uh, 700 assessments per year. So, wow. yes, my team are, are kept very busy indeed. There's lots How of demand the team, for our service. So my my direct team is, uh, there's, a, there's seven of us. But then we uh, we scale out through my what I call my extended team, of which there's 27 consultants in the extended team. So that ranges from the technical consultants who deploy the discovery tool to help the customers, you know, discover all of their on-premise data and environment to then the analysts who conduct that sort of financial analyst, uh, analysis and do the business value uh, assessment, for example, to then my team who, you know, manage that whole engagement, deliver the results back to the customer, work with the Microsoft specialist team on those technical pieces. So, yeah, so all in all, that's the, that's the size of the team. Excellent. Okay. And, and so we sort of obviously had a chat before this. Um, and I think, you know, the main focus of, of where a lot of people are in the channel and at end customers is trying to understand the cost of cloud, which is you know, a concern for a lot of people when poorly architected, in my view. Um, and there's sort of there's a whole discipline um, emerging now, which is cloud economics. And, and mm -hmm. you know, we've done a bit of this, you know, historically, but obviously this is probably your specialist subject. I mean, do you want to, for the audience, explain what you would term cloud economics and why it's so important these days? 
Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. So we often find with organizations over the last couple of years, if you speak to an organization, one of the first questions we ask is, you know, what's your what's your driver for change? And quite often they answer, well, we're looking to be a, a cloud first organization. And we ask them to double click on that because we say, well, what do you what does that really mean to you? Because there has been this like, you know, glamour about moving to the cloud. And it's like you said, it's all gone very trendy. And, but we really try and help organizations understand the true economic and business benefits of moving to the cloud. Because otherwise, what we, you know, what you can find is if organizations don't do it correctly, if they just go to the cloud um, for, for, the, for the wrong reasons, or if they just take what they've got on-prem to put it straight to the cloud, then they may not realize the, the true benefits of the cloud. So the part of cloud economics is really to help organizations understand exactly what an on-premise data center and environment would cost them across power and cooling, so all the facilities piece, staffing, uh, and then, of course, the big... Uh, piece now is the carbon. So we also help as part of the uh, economical assessment, we look at the economics around the carbon emission savings, which is massive uh, when you're considering a move from an on-premise data center into, into the Azure cloud. So essentially, that's what cloud economics is. It's, it's really helping customers understand those, the full economical and business and operational benefits of moving to the cloud. And do you think customers are mature enough? To, have they got their head around consumption-based pricing? I mean, I've worked with lots of clients who, who are very keen to go to the cloud, but as soon as they get there, they realise it's a bit complicated. And, and, you know, I mean, what's your, what are you seeing in the marketplace? Are people starting to get there or are you still a little bit struggling with that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. We find public sector, because of the way uh, public sector financials work, actually the um, the consumption-based model tends not to work so well for them. You know, they're around capital expenditure and in, in the financial year and uh, leveraging that capital expenditure. So quite often we almost have to turn the consumption model uh, to to show them from a capital model how it would benefit them. So, so that can be a little bit of a challenge, but we, we can do that. And we do have, you know, various commercial agreements, such as reserved instances where customers can pay in advance. But the whole, the, you know, the whole one of the whole benefits of the cloud is to be able to just pay for what you use or when you when you use it. So we really do try and help organizations identify particularly those workloads which do only need that burstable capacity. So, you know, if you take charities, for example, and like the London Marathon, they just need that capacity at, at two weeks of the year when things are, you know, they don't need all that, you know, that huge capacity throughout the year. So that's a prime example of when it just, A, doesn't make any sense having on-premise infrastructure to, to support the workload that, that runs that in, entire event and all the fundraising around it. And then B, it doesn't pay you to put that on-premise workload straight into the cloud. You want to be able to have the model where you can just pay for what you're consuming. So, yeah, so it is interesting, like I say, for organizations who have been more used to, to CapEx spend, trying to turn that uh, turn that conversation and really help them understand over a five-year period. So that's the piece we do. We give a full five-year TCO. 
uh, to help organizations understand over the long term and how they can convert that capital expenditure into um, into uh, OPEX. And I suppose from a, a channel partners perspective, I mean, there's probably a big volume of channel partners, the very infrastructure focused, but actually the bulk of the benefit in cloud is really more around transforming applications to become more cloud native. I mean, are people, again, starting to understand that now or are people, you know, is, is there a bit of a mix about, you know, it's an infrastructure led play and they're expecting the miracles to happen without any changes to the application layer? I don't know, what, what's your sense? That's a really good one. And that's one where we've really pivoted the service that we offer. So if you'd have spoke to me three years ago, we were offering a service where we looked at an organization's on-prem environment. We looked at how many servers and VMs that they had. And we said that in the cloud is going to cost you this much, but right-sized. So we were, you know, we were demonstrating considerable cost savings through the, you know, through, through the need of not having to over-provision and just paying for, for what they used. What we've done, we've evolved over the last three years to now exactly to your point, look at the application layer. And so we operate what we call and well, we, we from it's a Gartner, really Gartner term, but we uh, but we've sort of coined it the DT seven, and that's the digital transformation seven questions. And so we ask customers first of all, you know, do you know what you don't need? Because what we find, and actually again, this is a Gartner stat, most organisations can immediately save twenty percent by decommissioning services that are no longer needed anymore. And pretty much every organisation we have worked with that. That applies. There are those services, those old applications which have been sat there on a file and forget, you know, with server 2012 in the corner chugging away that people have totally forgotten about and are just no longer needed. So the, the retire piece is really key because, again, why would you, if you just looked at lifting and shifting your on-premise infrastructure into the cloud, you're essentially moving a whole bunch of stuff mm. actually, and you're going to be paying for that, that you might not be needed. And I always use the, the loft analogy. I said, there's two ways you can, you can cut this. You can either decide to clear out your loft before you move house and have a good sort out and get a skip and just, uh, you know, get rid of anything you don't need before you move house. Or you put everything in a van, you get to the new house, and then you sort it out while you're there. But in both scenarios, you need to sort it out because otherwise you're just going to be paying for what you don't need. So that's a big focus of us to help customers you know, get immediate cost savings through understanding what they can retire. And then to your point, you know, the refactor opportunities um, are huge. And then re, so refactoring to, you know, containerization. We know the benefits of containerization. You can fit a lot of workloads into a container, um, you know, again, requiring a lot less um, virtual machine space. So that's a massive area of cost saving and also helps for some of those older applications, which to move them would have been challenging and they're running old operating systems. So containerization is a big piece that we look at. And then of course, you've got the, you know, replatforming to uh, other SaaS services. So we identify where the customers are running um, corporate off the shelf software, which they've been running on premise, but that particular software vendor now has a SaaS solution that's available through Azure Marketplace. And so we highlight those opportunities for that organization. And again, that is switch off that on-premise uh, install. You don't need to then 
move that VM to the cloud, you can just now switch to that, um, that ISV's um, software as a service option. And the further up the stack you get, it, the more cost savings you realize. So we start with the IaaS level, you know, that's the infrastructure as a service, and then you can get to the, the PaaS, the platform as a service, and the cost savings that you can realize through PaaS. We have what we call SQL managed instance. You know, running databases can take a lot of work operationally, but when you have the, the PaaS model, there's so many operational savings through, we do the patching, we take over so much management of that. But then when you get up to the SaaS level, well, that's where you know, then even more cost savings are to be are to be realized. So yeah, so in answer to your question, the, the application piece is massive. And that's when customers really see those true cost savings when they're looking to, to transform the application level versus just lifting and shifting uh, VMs. That's a fantastic opportunity for the channel, isn't it? Because if they can understand the application level and come at it from that angle, rather than just being sort of infrastructure layer, the value that they can generate would be substantial. And, and you know, I think part of the issue, I suppose, is a skills issue. I mean, what the, the guys in your team as a sort of typical um, skill base, you know, what, what sort of background have they got to allow them to, to get to a position where they can look at that application stack? Is it how could we get the channel sort of trained up in there or how could you work with them? I'm just trying to work out how to help people who haven't got those skills. Yeah, that's a really good question. And in fact, it's not a skill set that my team, my team, our heritage is cloud economics, licensing, optimization, you know, that piece. Since we've evolved to more of looking at the application stack, we've uh, we've become even more reliant on what we call co-assessing with partners, those partners who have got the skills to do that, because it does take uh, a level of consultancy. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, we deploy a tool which is fantastic at identifying all the applications in a customer's environment. So we call it the application portfolio assessment. It does all the treatments and it comes up with these applications can be rehosted immediately to the cloud. Those these can be retired. These need to be retained on premise. We, you know, that they're, they're monoliths, they can't, we can't do anything here. These can be refactored, etc. That gives you what we call the empirical data from the tool, but then we do find the key piece is overlaying with some contextual uh, information. And a good example of this is we did an assessment once and an application came up as a retire candidate because the tool pinged that application. It said, this application hasn't been viewed. Uh, no one's touched it. No traffic's gone there for you know 18 months, two years. It's looking like a retire candidate. <laughs> And the customer said, well, that's come up as a retire candidate because that application is only ever used during an election. But you have to have the contextual piece. So what we offer now working with partners is when we do uh, what we call the holistic business case assessment, which includes that 6R treatment, we then get a partner to deliver a workshop afterwards to do a deeper dive on those application treatments, speak to application owners, and uh, could, you know, combine that contextual data, uh, contextual information with the data uh, from the tool. So yeah, it's really important. And there's a great opportunity with partners. So 90% of what we do is is with partners and with the partners um, of um, of TD Cinets here. Um, and yeah, that's when customers will will get the the best the best possible outcome. And I suppose the licensing point you make is really key as well, because obviously if that's sort of the main focus or the historical focus of your team, I mean, the, typically, probably about 10, 15 years ago, 
a lot of software vendors, not Microsoft, but a lot of so- other software vendors hadn't quite got their head around the cloud or were being a little bit naughty with regards to writing terms in their license agreements that meant that when you moved to the cloud, it got a lot more expensive. I mean, are you seeing those sort of business practices wane off a little bit now? Are people buying a little more intelligently? What, where, where are we on the license front? Because it's always a bit of a pain. Yes, it is. And it, it is it, it is one of those areas where organizations tend to need support on education from their, uh, you know, their their licensing um, solutions provider, for example. And again, this is what we do. So our key philosophy is to help customers leverage their existing investment. And that's where we feel we uh, we differentiate from the competition, let's say, because we say to customers, you've already spent a lot of money on, on your on-premise Windows Server licenses and SQL Server licenses. These these are not cheap. Let us help you capitalize and, and leverage that existing investment. So we offer various commercial levers, what we call hybrid use benefits. So if customers already have those licenses with software assurance, we offer you know up to an 85% discount on then uh, the, the licenses um, in the cloud. And then we offer organizations the ability through migration to have 180 days where they can run the uh, the same services in the cloud at no cost just leveraging their on-premise licenses so that's a, a real key piece and and we do find organizations so i had a customer come back to me a couple of months ago to say kelly uh, your assessment said we were going to be spending 400k in the cloud we're now spending just over a million. What's, what's going on here? And I thought, gosh, this is good. But actually, when we did what we call our optimization exercise, I went back to them and I said, you haven't right-sized the way we recommended. You've just moved everything as is. You didn't do that sort out, like we talked about, and retiring these applications. You've just moved as is. You haven't applied hybrid use benefits, which is a really easy thing to do. You go into our portal, you tick that you have the license and you can you can claim you know it's 85 percent discount and then finally you haven't leveraged the reserved instances for those static workloads which always need to be on that's why you've gone from 400k just over to a million and this is what we're seeing happening organizations just without that bit of education are missing opportunities for significant cost savings by in some cases like i said just flicking a button in a portal so we're trying to do a lot of work to educate um, the customers and, and through our partners with the same um, so they can really you know capitalize their existing licensing position is, is it i mean the, the sort of repatriation repatriation and the sort of cost side of things i think there are a lot of customers who've been into the cloud over the last 10 years or so who you know haven't had particularly good advice or or, or haven't done the sort of prep work to get the benefits um, or haven't operated on the advice obviously in your example i mean again are you, are you seeing a lot of people in that situation, which is probably why you're so busy, or you know, are people starting to get a little bit more aware of how to do this properly? Yeah, so all the customers we see in our team, are, you know, are typically those who haven't yet made the move to the cloud, and they're saying, yeah, how much is it going to cost? And and so we deliver the assessment. So we we're not, I'm not seeing so much of that sort of re, repatriation for for that reason. But the organisations that that are saying costs are spiraling out of control you know i could bet my bottom dollar that they just haven't applied uh, these these commercial levers that that we offer and so 
yeah, a, a, a consulting engagement with those organisations, with either us or, or one of our partners, would be um, would, would I would very much recommend that because if you're doing it properly, it will absolutely be cheaper. Uh, and yeah. we see that on our TCO analysis time and time again. And in fact, we've just done some analysis for the UK government and I did share this broadly, so they won't mind me sharing this. But across 255 assessments uh, within UK public sector organisations, we highlighted a £991 million of savings if they moved to the cloud. We also highlighted in carbon savings the equivalent of 247 Dreamliner flights of carbon from the UK to New York, they move. So, you know, significant numbers here that are backed up with with true empirical data and fact. Mm. So that, that carbon point is really interesting because a bit of a passion of mine. And I, I, I can't help but think that only some people are really paying attention now. You know, the whole sort of CSRD over the EU and, and you know, carbon reporting being a really big thing you know people should start to pay attention how many how many people are and and i think part of the issue is oh, not having a pop at microsoft particularly but cloud providers generally especially some of the others let's be honest have been a little bit more um, or less than transparent with some of their scope one two three reporting and and those sorts of things and like i said i'm not picking on microsoft here because you're probably the market leader in my view of those sort of uh, assessments but but you know that hasn't helped are people a bit cynical about the sort of carbon side of things and the reporting the benefits or or do you think people are starting to understand it and be really keen on it i mean what what how's the market looking yeah interestingly and the uk and it, it, it makes me proud to be british on on subjects like this because so we developed a sustainability assessment 18 months ago now you know my counterparts in the other regions no one this wasn't even a discussion yet we were seeing a demand we were seeing customers ask and so we created the, the microsoft's very first sustainability assessment in the uk which we're really proud of and we've delivered that now to over 300 organizations and we have seen you know decisions made based on the data that's is that typically at the bigger companies sort of level or is it in sme as well yeah, it's yeah. You're right. It's a good question. More so the larger organisations. Yeah. So upper, um, what we call small, medium, and commercial for us into our sort of enterprise category. Yes, very much so. But yeah, we have seen a a, a, a trickling of demand, growing and growing and growing for this in in the UK, much more so than than other regions outside the UK. But you're right on the numbers. We we get challenged on on the numbers. We do have to, but we we again we back it up with with real facts. And so how we work on our sustainability assessment, for example, we will take what an organisation has on premise for for their compute uh, layer. So let's say, for example, they're running HP ProLiance and they've got 100. We will, we will get the carbon emissions for those individual servers 
across the optics of manufacturing, usage, transport and disposal. So we look across those four optics, not just, you know, running of the, the servers. And then we look at the utilization. And so we've got a really clever algorithm, which will then say what the carbon emissions are. And then we compare running those same number of virtual machines in Azure and give the figures. And, and typically it's it's around four, 95% uh, carbon savings. So yeah, when organizations big... really see it broken down like that and really see the math behind it, uh, and then we try and do something nice like equate it to how many acres of forest they'll need to offset uh, the, the emissions from their on-premise data center or how many Dreamliner flights is my latest one. And that was, we were actually asked for that. That was by a large... Uh, a large um, beverage manufacturer and okay, um, yeah. said, so we're doing lots of flights from UK to Sydney. Can you tell us what would be the reduction of carbon as it relates to flights from UK to Sydney? And we showed them, yeah, considerable carbon savings. And then you'll see a lot more guilt-free bookings for flights from the UK to Sydney on the back of your rep recommendations. Fantastic. <laughs> All the execs are now flying over to Sydney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Having their free drinks on the plane because they made them. Um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's actually a good point. I mean, clearly there's a lot going on in your world. Are there any sort of particular examples of customers you know, within confidentiality that, that you can sort of cite where there's been big benefits, you know, just you know, either the carbon side or the financial side? Can you give us any examples? Oh, so many. So so we run a, a sort of a program, which again, we set up in the UK called, you know, validate the value. So we want to make sure that when we've done an assessment and when a customer has moved, we sort of check back to see, are they realizing the benefits, which, which we called out. And yeah, many examples of, of organizations um, doing exactly that, which you can see on our website. We publish, you know, lots of different customer stories on, on your savings and operational um, benefits, um, et cetera. So, yes, yeah, can't, couldn't, couldn't name them, of course, but uh, yeah, many, many organizations. And the carbon piece is, a. in fact, there was a, uh, a there was a, let's say, a, a UK um, organization which had recording studios and we were able to give them the carbon emission reduction for each of their programs that they, oh, wow. for each of the studios for the certain programs, we were able to say this program that the, the reductions will be X and uh, yeah. So uh, they, and they talk very openly about that. In fact, they did talk openly about that inside of Microsoft. I may about to share it, but, but yeah, so their, their CIO came and, and spoke so openly about how the assessment helped them to make the decision and how they're seeing the benefits of that. It's, it's interesting. I'm actually doing a bit of work. Um, well, sorry, over the last few months, I've been doing a bit of work with a, a film production company. They do CGI and um, they were looking at sort of migrations to the cloud and, trying to understand how that could work because obviously they've got a massive rendering requirement for a period of time and then the film finishes and then they're done and so they either have to buy a load of a kit for that or go to the cloud and we were all working through the mechanics of that and it is i think this style of work you know if you can get the applications to sit in that space the, the cost benefits are really strong yeah but but like you say the, the, the peripheral stuff is even better operational efficiencies sustainability i mean it, it is a really strong case even though there are a lot of people moaning about it because they're the ones who haven't done it particularly well there's probably more use cases that are beneficial and i, I think we just need to not lose sight of that because it's quite easy to, to drown in the negativity i suppose it really is and you make a really good point there and that's 
quite often what customers say a lot. So one of the first questions we asked is, how long does it take you to provision a new environment? And uh, quite often, on average, it goes from eight weeks to three months. Mm. And uh, and with all the recent chip shortages and uh, shortage, it's been even worse. And so quite often we're now seeing organizations, one of the major operational benefits is the speed to market for for new um, new workloads. And so the development team aren't knocking on the doors of IT saying, what, where, where? Because then what was happening, you were getting all the shadow IT. You know, developers were saying, well, IT, they can't provision us. We can't get VMs from them. They're saying eight weeks, kit's not coming. Look, let's get our credit card. We'll go online and we'll we'll spin up a virtual environment ourselves. And of course, then the cost because you've got all this shadow IT going on. But if IT can then be that profit center rather than cost center by showing that real value to the business, that speed of execution to help um, deliver those workloads uh, in a really fast time, then yeah, major benefit. In fact, we had one organization say their online store as a result of the speed that they were able to provision, you know, new capacity had gone up from, you know, it was was a 273% increase in sales just through, uh, yeah, being able to get that faster uh, capacity. Mm, yeah, I, I still think cloud's got a very strong use case. I, I think we just need to make sure people understand it. And, and and like sort of back to the original point, really, the, the channel have got a really strong value prop here, I think, you know, in terms of advisory and, and, and leading people down the route. Not everyone's going to have the same level of experience that, that Microsoft have got in this space. I mean, how how do channels, the, the channel partners access you know, your skills or where, where should they go for training or, or those sorts of things? Have you got anything you can offer up? Yeah, so for my particular area, we have FinOps practitioners. And actually, you know, my my recommendation would be for, you know, organizations to really look at, you know, FinOps, getting a FinOps certified practitioner themselves. That's a, that's a great uh, opportunity to, to learn. But yeah, as my team, we can offer um, knowledge around that. We also offer training on the tools that we use to collect the data to then enable organizations to either do that piece themselves or leverage our service, but then use the tool to really pull out. I call it, you know, walking through the vineyard, how to create that business case for change. You want to walk through the vineyard, but you want to pull the best grapes off the vines. You want the best data points, which are really going to build that strong case. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the tools that we deploy they collect they collect a lot of data and so our partners can really capitalize on that data mm. if they understand how to use the tool so we offer a lot of training on on the tool sets and then we offer a lot of side-by-side engagements like i mentioned earlier that's what we like to do side-by-side co-assessing with partners so that they do that the bit that they're good at you know the onward services the cloud adoption framework workshops, deployment of landing zones, pilot POCs. And then we do the piece that we're good at, which is that get the tool deployed, collect the data, analyze the data, help create the business case. 
So yeah, so lots of training around that. And then more broadly from Microsoft's perspective, uh, yeah, there's, we, you know, we open up all of our accreditation so any organization can go online and get accredited around Azure fundamentals. I've just passed my security fundamentals and there's just a whole wealth of, uh, of online resources there. And then of course, through our, um, our partner channel, you know, we have partner uh, technical specialists to, who work closely with the partners on, on upskilling. So yeah, a lot of focus is on upskilling because that's, and also with our customers. So we offer free training for customers because that can be a big part of it. The, the business case can stack up half the time, but if the customer says, we haven't got a single person in our team here who knows about Azure, but then that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so, so we offer all the training and, and readiness for, for organizations to, um, to get skilled up. And, and I think, you know, like I said, people think Microsoft Azure and they think technical, but actually the skills you're talking about are more commercial, operational, financial. And, you know, most customers probably haven't got a cloud economics expert in their department. Um, so I suppose that, again, is probably a, a value add that the partners can bring. Exactly. Operating as a service, you know, as it's designed to be on behalf of their customers and giving them some good, trustworthy advice on how best to design their cloud solutions to make them most efficient. Um, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, end customers can train up. Actually, the partners, if they if they had these skills, could layer it into their sort of CSP type services, and everyone's a winner, really. I mean, that, that's that's a great way to differentiate yourself from people who haven't bothered doing that, I suppose. That's right. And for the partners, uh, the customers love that as well. If, if, a, if the partner's prepared to do knowledge share while they're doing their work, have someone from the customer learning from them, that really uh, is, is a great differentiator for, for those partners. Yeah. Okay. So, so sort of call to action, really, typical marketing stuff. You know, if a partner wants to do something, I mean, typically they should probably engage the Microsoft Business Unit at TD Cinex. Is there any other sort of routes into Microsoft that you'd recommend? Uh, yes, we have a nomination form. If there's any partners who do were, want to nominate a customer for an assessment and work with us uh, in that sort of co-assess capacity, then uh, yeah, we, we can accept all, all of those nominations via that way. We also have a, um, a partner website where you can learn more about various solutions and uh, request uh, a couple of, you know, there's, there's two particular assessments we haven't mentioned too much about security and of course it's a big big piece of the cloud we do offer a specific security assessment that can even be done self-serve now so there's a link from our website which will, will take you through to a self-serve uh, security assessment which is really well received by customers as well shows all of the uh, areas of um, you know the red the red amber green from a security posture perspective so um, yeah so I would say, yeah, visit the uh, the partner website, look for solution assessments. You can nominate via the form or, you know, if anyone wants to just get in touch with me directly, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Kelly with an IE Carlton. Kelly with an IE Carlton, absolutely. There's not many of you on LinkedIn. I've, I've already checked <laughs> you out. Um, yeah, so, Kelly, thank you very much for your time. I, I forgot to mention, you know, for partners who want to sort of approach TD Cynix, it's best to do it via the website, sorry, by, via the email. So that's csp.uk at tdcynix.com. Um, but Kelly, I could talk about this stuff for ages. As you can probably tell, I'm, I'm quite keen on this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I really good. appreciate your time. Um, thank you ever so much for, for making the, the, the time to sort of chat us through that. And I think, you know, from a partner's perspective, it's really important they engage this because the value they can add if they really understand this is, 
is a massive differentiator. So what have you got planned for the rest of the day? Anything exciting? Absolutely. Yeah, well, in fact, funnily enough, I'm just about to jump on a call now to talk about partner and co-selling and how we at Microsoft can do even more of that. So that's all good. Okay, well, have fun with that. Really nice to talk to you. Um, chat to you soon. And you too, Phil. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Okay. Good to talk. Cheerio.